Hey folks, welcome to the Great Conversations podcast and I'm your host Calvin Smith and this is where we discuss five big topics, the gospel, relevance, evangelism, apologetics, and training for Christians all in relation to the truth of God's word in Genesis as the seedbed of all Christian doctrines. Uh, what we're going to be doing here today is talking about the incredible spider decoy and their marvelous marionette. This is going to continue our seven-part series here on Great Conversations called Amazing Animals, and this is part two of seven. What I'm really hoping this will do is just make you realize how the truth of God's Word is so evident in everything we see around us, regardless of what the story of evolution is constantly promoting. And also, uh, we want to equip you, give you a question to pose to your family and friends who don't know the Lord, perhaps, or perhaps have bought into evolution, that you can use to witness and open up some spiritual conversations with those around you um, at the end of every episode as well. And as we continue our series on amazing animals and how they demonstrate the truth of God's word, I want you to realize I understand that not everyone appreciates all of God's creatures. <laughs> and this makes sense because not only do animals reflect the genius of God's creation, as uh, we quoted Job 12 uh, last time, but they can also reveal the truth of the fall in Genesis 3, the reality that we don't live in a very good world uh, created by uh, God in the beginning, but in a sin-cursed world where animals and people often invoke a lot of fear. Uh, take spiders, for example. Now, uh, there are certain people in the world that really don't like spiders. And when I say they really don't like them, I mean they really don't like them. And so you can appeal to how harmless they are or how the, you know, the old wives tale about the average person swallowing eight spiders a year just isn't true. And how beneficial they are because they eat flies and mosquitoes and stuff. It has zero effect on these folks. They're in a class by themselves. So we could just say that, you know, if all eight shoes fit, well, they should probably wear all of them. It's called arachnophobia. And perhaps you know someone uh, like this. I do. One of my dear sisters-in-law uh, fits the profile perfectly. And I'm sure all of spiderdom has heard the dreaded tale of the day when she unleashed her wrath upon a lonely little guy uh, that intruded on her bath one afternoon, leaving her trapped in the tub with no way out. So I'm sure if, if spiders had campfire tales, this would be the story they'd all be telling around the campfire. Anyway, as my big brother tells it, uh, he came to know about the incident when he came home from work he went into the bathroom to wash up for dinner and he noticed that behind the shower curtain was this huge mass of uh, of uh, white stuff piled up there so he pulled the plastic sheet back and there was this huge mountain of shaving cream in one corner kind of slowly oozing down the side uh and um <laughs> There was an abandoned tin of Barbasol sitting there. And buried deep within about eight ounces of that Barbasol lay the remains of this little spider that uh, never knew what hit him. So uh, anyway, too bad for that little guy that he hadn't been chatting with some of his faraway cousins beforehand as he probably could have learned a neat trick that might have saved him. You see, in 2012, Unknown to each other at the time, two U.S. biologists discovered two different species of spiders with truly amazing behavior and, and abilities. One was located in Peru in the Amazon basin and another about 11,000 miles away in the Philippines. Now, to add to their astonishment, the researchers soon realized that not only did these spiders construct colossal decoy clones of themselves, but they personally and purposefully animated them as well. So to add 
This added the real, uh, realism to their imitation spiders, and it was found that the real spiders crouched beside them and shook their webs when predators came near, causing them to move around like monstrous marionettes. And in doing so, they made their doppelganger creations appear to come to life. So the result was twofold. Either the astonishingly realistic image of a giant spider provided you know, a warning that scared away creatures that might have dared to pick on the real smaller spider, or it provided a seemingly big and juicy target for predators that mistook the decoy for the real owner of the web. Um, Would-be attackers either fled from this big brother or wound up with a you know, bunch of moss in their mouth for their efforts. So not only is this behavior, you know, it's just fascinatingly complex, but it's unprecedented in the animal kingdom. To my knowledge, we have no other examples of creatures that create decoys of themselves to escape predation. And how on earth could a simple spider contain the capacity to carry that out? Well, not surprisingly, most reports on the subject don't credit or glorify God uh, for his incredible handiwork or mention the obvious intelligent design behind it. Instead, they get evolutionary storytelling uh, accompanying the reports describing the decoy spider, and they typically downplay the truly stupefying phenomena on display in these creatures. For example, even though uh, biologist and science educator Phil Torres said it was unlike anything that he had ever seen, and he said it blew my mind, he also said, it seems like a really well-evolved and very specialized behavior. Considering that spiders can already make really impressive geometric designs with their webs, it's no surprise that they can take, that, uh, take a leap to make an impressive design with debris and other things. So... Because spiders can do mind-blowing things, it shouldn't surprise us that they can do even more astonishingly mind-blowing things as well. You see, even the ability to create the varied, intricate webs that spiders make on a regular basis, it's incredibly difficult to explain from a naturalistic standpoint. But I suppose you could say, well, it involves just many repetitive recurring movements that somehow got ingrained into the DNA coding of the spiders through random mutations over millennia. However, in terms of sophistication and complexity, making an exaggerated image of yourself and animating it under very specific circumstances far exceeds those parameters. I mean, there's really only two choices here. One is either spiders somehow have the cognitive and communicative ability to think this th strategy through and somehow pass it on to others in their collective communities, or they have a deep ingrained coded genetic information program that activates uh, to allow them to accomplish these feats. So either way, where did the abilities come from? Chance or design? So let's think this through. Are spiders thinking? You've got to understand that if option number one is correct and that these spiders have thought this through, then they're deliberately manipulating the world around them to a level that only human beings have ever been observed to do. In order to create a decoy of itself, it would have to be self-aware and know that it's a spider in relation to other things around it, be able to discern the difference between itself and other spiders. It would also have to recognize that a duplicate of itself, which looked like a spider but actually wasn't, might somehow protect it from predators that it might encounter in the future, and so would have to have an understanding of time and potential events. It would have to understand that making a larger uh, moving spider would be somehow better for scaring predators or to be a decoy and know how to manipulate the dummy when predators were near. 
you know, kind of like a farmer setting up a scarecrow, it would have to uh, had to a, a, to reason about past experiences, to make conclusions about the future by using information in the present, all to how to best look after its own interests. In effect, it would be thinking in the same way that you or I do, which is why most scientists deny this option, as one researcher put it. When it was first reported in the late in late 2012, the story received a fair amount of attention because of the romanticized idea behind it that people are thinking these spiders are so clever that they're building these structures that look like larger spiders. But it's not like the spiders are looking at another spider and designing it based on that. This design is just what has been selected for. In that way, it's ingrained into their DNA and which translates into their behavior, he says. Spiders that have these more spider-like looking decoys are more successful than those who don't. It's not the spider itself, it's evolution that's the amazing thing. The spiders are dummies, but at the same time, they're smart enough to make the decision to know what should and what shouldn't go into that structure. Do you see the problem with the evolutionary musings here? Um, the spiders aren't smart, they're dummies, but they are smart enough to know what to do and when to do it. It's not the spider, but evolution that's amazing. Well, it surely would be uh, if it were true, but it isn't. The fact is we all know that even the most brilliant computer programmers and engineers on the planet couldn't create and house the micro-engineering programming needed to duplicate these creatures' activities. You know, when you break it down, what evolutionists are arguing for is that purely naturalistic forces have generated incredibly complex programming in these diminutive primitive spiders that equal the decision-making ability of human beings, all with the simplistic explanation that some random spiders, you know, supposedly made more spider-like looking clumps of trash in their webs and somehow survived better. Easy peasy, right? Ignoring the fact that other spiders survive just fine without those abilities, so why would they need them to evolve uh, them to survive? Just think of the faith it requires to believe that an initial random genetic mutation, a spelling mistake in DNA basically, somehow developed that specifically affected the behavior in a group of spiders that caused them to mindlessly gather and arrange clumps of de debris in their web. What survival benefit would having dirt in your web have? That's one of the reasons why spiders abandon webs and make new ones, because it causes them to fall apart more quickly. Even if we put aside other questions like how those mutations somehow got activated and integrated into their behavioral programming for the moment, why would we believe that more mutations would cause them to arrange bits of debris more specifically like the multiple legs, head, and thorax of a spider? Why wouldn't shapes like a predatory bird or a snake or a lizard, etc., prove more effective and be more selected for? Remember that all the while this supposedly happened, the spiders are, they're not cognitively aware that they're doing any of this. It's all just instinct like breathing or blinking, etc. But this would eventually also somehow require mutations that cause them to shake their webs as well as programming to only do it when predators are nearby, which requires an if A, then B type programming. So in the end, evolutionary ideas like this are not science. They're simply storytelling. No one saw it happen. You can't perform an experiment to duplicate it. And there are absolutely no similar examples in nature of a comparable thing happening. 
And yet the idea of God creating is mocked more than anything else in academia today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let's remember to always stand on the authority of God's word and trust it from the very first verse. Believe in the almighty, all-powerful God of scripture. It's so much more intellectually, spiritually, philosophically, and scientifically sound than any compromise with evolutionary musings could ever be. Remember, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. John 1.3. So if you're tired of the continuous gaslighting from secularists who claim to have this intellectual higher ground when discussing our origins, stay tuned throughout the next several weeks as we show you and give you even more incredible examples of God's amazing animals and give you some practical questions that you can ask them um, to help them kind of wake up out of this naturalistic stupor that so many people seem to have fallen into. And this week's question is this, why should we believe incredible abilities like all of the spider decoy that demonstrates could have developed by chance. Why should I believe that? If you're appreciating this content, please visit theanswersingenesis.ca website and consider donating to the ministry. And of course, whatever platform you're accessing this on, it's got some combination of features where you can like, subscribe, share, perhaps do a review. And we'd really appreciate you taking the time to do that because it's probably the best thing that you could do to help us continue to do outreach. Until next time, I'm Cal Smith. Blessings to you and yours.